This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sorry, those, what was your, those are so long. I forgot your first question. What was it? Our first second? question. Are, are oh, yeah, that's, um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. I am Oscar Aparicio, and this week it is draft week. The 49ers held a press conference, and boy, was it testy. And with me this week to guarantee that he will indeed be here on Sunday, it's David Newman. Look, I don't want to guarantee anything, you know. I don't know how much time we all have left. I feel pretty good about my chances, um, not leaving the house all that frequently right now, so my odds <laughs> seem high. Man. Um but no guarantees. I, you know, Shanahan's coffee cup was getting uh, some extra work today. He's always got that coffee cup in hand. And he was, tw- he was whirly twirling that thing. Like that, that's his clutch, you know? Uh, he he's just witchy too. He was like bouncing back and forth. Like there was well, one time he was answering a question. He was just like a little metronome, like going back and forth. When he has chugged six Trenta coffees and he is on his fourth cup and it's, you know, 2 p.m. Pacific. Of course, he's going to be a little jumpy. And then people, you know, come in and start asking just ridiculous long questions. He can't remember what the first question was by the time they get to the second one. It just it's it's a hell of a press conference. We're going to get into the details. But before we do that, I want to take one moment to talk about Shock G. If you're not familiar with who Shock G is, he is a Bay Area rapper. He is you may be more familiar with his alter ego. Uh, the lead singer of the Humpty Dance, Humpty Hump. Uh, but he really was a pioneer in Bay Area rap. And I, th- I think Marcus Thompson wrote a really, really great uh, article in The Athletic kind of detailing what he's done and really his importance in the Bay Area rap scene. It just, it's one of those things where it's like, he, he was, I love Digital Underground. I mean, he discovered Tupac, the whole thing. He, he's just, he was 57 years old, way too young. But I, I definitely played... Uh, sex packets this weekend did you it was actually that's what that's what was playing when you came I, into the house i witnessed yeah i was gonna say like i i really wasn't too familiar until you mentioned the humpty i was like oh okay that guy got it um but yeah we spent some time listening to uh to some of the other stuff and yeah that was sex packets was on when we came to your house i will tell you david having to explain to you what sex packets were may have been the highlight of my weekend uh closely followed <laughs> by like I know every single word to freaks of the industry. Like there's 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 not a word that I that that I don't know as evidenced by the that. fact that yeah. I know every single word to that song. Yes, definitely witnessed it. Uh, that felt way more comfortable when there wasn't a one year old or a close to one year old in my presence. And then when there are like two daughters in my presence that are ten months old who are just staring at me, you know. Those eyes, they cut deep, is all I'm saying. 
look, they're just trying to, they're like, what is this witchcraft that's happening here? I've never seen anything like this in my, my tiny little life. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. This is a new experience. It was, yeah, it was one that I don't know. I, I didn't anticipate delivering that experience to my daughter, <laughs> but here, here we are. Uh, they're not making memories yet. It's fine. Here we are. But definitely, uh, you know, pour some out for Shock G, run that sex packets, uh, and try to memorize all the words to freaks of the industry. Because trust me, it's it's a fun ride. It really is. Uh, let's talk about the press conference, though, David. Um, we're we're gonna you know our our, com- our coverage this week is gonna be uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit you with a lot. Basically, we're gonna give you this press conference episode this week. We might be able to get uh, another episode out tomorrow. It, it, we've got something in the works that may fall through, may not. But if it comes through, then you'll hear it tomorrow on the feed. If not, you'll hear from us again on Thursday. We're gonna have a recap episode after day one of the draft. We're also gonna have a recap after day two. TBD as to whether or not we will also have one on Saturday um, just because, well, it's David's fault is really what I'm going to tell you. It's all David's fault. Look, we, we've been through this. Um, this is uh, this is the third year. I had to think for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, David, look, I gave you one piece of sage advice when you I told tried. me that I you tried. were going to get married. I said, look, you're getting married right around draft weekend. I understand that it feels like an inconvenience for year one. The problem is your anniversary is a multi, like an every year thing. And if it comes up every year around the draft, we're going to have problems. I know. I tried. I did. I did my best. Um, I lost. I lost that battle. I win some battles. I lose some battles. I lost this one. And, uh, and, And so now I have to deal with it. Um, so yeah, the wife and I are, are celebrating our anniversary, um, on Friday night. Uh, it's going to be the first no baby experience that we have had in, uh, nearly 11 months. And, uh, yeah, so that's what's happening. I'm, I'm going to be uh MIA Friday, Saturday, but Hey, look, like, like, let's not pretend like the good stuff's not happening on Thursday. I'll be there for that. Yeah. So definitely going to have uh, a recap on night one, night two, and maybe night three. It's going to be wonderful all around. So today, big news, the press conference. This was a press conference that was on the books for some time. It, it wasn't like they just decided, hey, we have things to say. It's part of the pre-draft junket. A couple teams uh, had them today. More teams will have them as the, the kind of week goes on. I, I don't think every team is doing them, but the NFL is basically mandating that some teams do it. So you get Shanahan, you get Lynch. Originally, wasn't going to have Shanahan be a part of the presser. He was a late ad. And maybe uh, Shanahan felt like he needed to come out and play some defense because boy this was a very defensive uh kind of press conference he had to he had to stand by his mac is what i'm saying <laughs> I, right like uh, yeah i mean the, the whole thing felt very much like um i mean it was it was like two things right it was it was them being very defensive with nearly every answer and feeling like uh they needed to you know kind of explain where they were coming from without really explaining. So that was, and that's kind of my, my second point is like, didn't really fucking say anything. No. Yeah. It was, it was also just like, um, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of defensive answers. Uh, it was kind of unusual. I feel like for, uh, a, a Lynch, a hand presser. I don't think it was unusual for Shanahan. I think it, and and I do think that Lynch 
Lynch definitely tried to keep the tone positive. You know, he was like, our scouts did right. such a great job. They did like, you know, 9 million Zoom interviews and they saw 114 <laughs> the, uh, like, games. The numbers that he started with, I was like, come on, Lynch. Let's like, let's be real. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. It's like about you, this. Like, you watched 114 games. Cool. Like, I, I would expect that. I don't number care how many to- fucking physicals you did. <laughs> How many times did we say turn and cough? Um, You know, it's basically that didn't tell us a whole lot. I do think, though, reading between the lines, I I did not leave. If I'm sitting here hoping that the team is not going to select Mac Jones, this press conference did not do much for me. The, The press conference, really, the question that seemed to set Shanahan off was a question about what about Mac Jones, really. And, and he started waxing philosophical. I mean, the, the number of times that Shanahan said starting quarterback in this press conference was like, we wanted to get a starting quarterback. There's only five starting quarterbacks. I'm going to get a starting quarterback. And we really feel we can get a starting quarterback. Between all of like the subliminal messages he was trying to give you about five guys cheeseburgers, that this really was about trying to get a starting quarterback. And so to me, that's that's the thing that I really learned is that if if you believed all of the hype about really Garoppolo being on this on this roster and Garoppolo being there, yeah, it, it, the likelihood of Garoppolo getting traded on draft night or sometime afterwards when a team suffers some kind of an injury to their starter, that that that's the leader in the clubhouse for me for what's going to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo. It seemed very clearly, uh, it seemed to me pretty clearly that the team is hoping they get a guy that starts right away. Which is kind of exactly what you said when they made the draft, when they, when they made the trade. It's like you don't you don't do this type of trade for a player. You don't expect to come in and start right away, right? Yeah, like you're you're giving up that capital, right, for somebody that yeah you think is is good and is better than what you have, and and you want to get that guy on the field as quickly as possible. And and, and so I think, um, yeah, they're they're obviously going to say all of the right things right now in terms of. Jimmy and and what he's done and how they feel about him and and that they don't need to rush it and like that might end up being true but like you're gonna I I just feel like there's there's no chance whoever they take uh barring some sort of injury to this this incoming rookie um that 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 guy's not starting at some point this year it's just it's not gonna happen that's not how it works um in in today's NFL very often right these guys come in um, and, and they're kind of expected to play and you, that's why you take them that high. So yeah, I, I think that like, um, yeah, they can say what they want about Jimmy and, and, um, you know, hopefully I think it, it is ideal if they maybe keep him around for a year. Right. And you have a little bit of insurance and, and you have two guys maybe that you feel comfortable with, uh, at least on a level that that's greater than Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they're. Ultimately, I don't care whether or not they pay Jimmy Garoppolo $20 million this year. It's it's yeah. not my money. But what, what I do find interesting is that if they don't have his salary on the books, then they can roll that money over into next year. And, and that's where I do think you may consider that, okay, then you've got to pay uh, Fred Warner. You've got to pay Bosa in a couple of years. It might be something that you want to have some of those reserves in the bank. But I, I don't know that that I still think that it's likely that the team wants to trade Garoppolo or you know, and get some of that that draft capital back. But I think they're probably the reason that they're going to get the most that they can out of that potential trade is because they're fine with keeping him for a year and and not losing the leverage in that negotiation with whatever team they're going to be negotiating with. I think is probably a net positive for the 49ers. They're not bluffing when they say we can keep him for a year and that's fine. 
even if the clear preference would be to move him. I think the other thing that I learned, though, was that they it's pretty clear that they had a guy in mind when they moved up to three. Shanahan said that explicitly in this press conference. It was almost a throwaway line, and it was almost something that I think everyone was like, yeah, we knew you had a guy in mind at three, obviously, but it does confirm some of the reports that have been coming out because at this point, I don't think that that anyone really knows. I'm not putting much trust in in anyone other than maybe like Schefter. I give him a bit more credibility because he's Schefter. But at the point at which what Shanahan is telling me now also aligns with what some of the other things with with what some of the other people have been saying. Now I'm like, okay, maybe there are some legs there. They had a guy in mind at three when they traded up. They said that guy has gotten better, but there are also other guys, right? They're they're still trying to play the kind of thing on top of that. But it's yeah. pretty clear they had a guy in mind. They traded up to get him. And it's unlikely they've been moved off of their spot from that guy. And so, go ahead. No, I just think, yeah, like that kind of has to be how it works, right? Like, I I just don't see um, how it makes sense. And like, look, obviously at three, you need to be um, comfortable with with a little bit of wiggle room, right? And knowing, you know, that, okay, you've got two picks ahead of you that are very likely to be the same position that you're targeting. Like, um, it's, you know possible obviously that one of those guys could take the guy you're moving up target but I, I think everybody seems pretty settled on on who we expect is obviously to go number one but but now it number two as well like um with with Lawrence and Wilson like you're you're very much expecting them to be off the board first right and and so like I think the 49ers have to be expecting that as well and and yeah when you move up to three like you're you're moving up like they said it um you know over and over like yeah, we could have waited, right? It, like the 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 line about there being five guys that we're comfortable with, and and if they were all actually equal, right? If they they felt like okay, we can win, and and, and our future is going to be the same no matter which of these five guys that we get. Well, then you sit there at twelve and you wait and see if one of them gets to you, right? Or or you don't move up as far to three. Like you move up to three because there's a guy that you think is going to be available outside of those top two that are expected to go there. And that's the one you want. You move up for your guy. That's why you give up multiple first rounders, not to just be like, oh, we're going to kind of see what happens. We're not really full, you know, fully done with the evaluation yet. And and we'll, you know, see where we're at in a month, like type of thing. Like they they moved up for a specific player. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that Kyle was very honest about in this uh, presser was when he said that Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest limiter is really his ability to stay on the field. And that, I think if you tug on that thread, if you tease that out a little bit, you know, we, we've all operated under, or at least on this podcast, we've kind of operated under the presumption that Shanahan can't sit there and, you know, look at missing on Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson or even Mahomes and say, oh, well, you know, I, I missed out on those guys. And so now what I need is another pure pocket passer. We, we've all kind of said like, look, he got beat by Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He's seen these guys be very, very good. Like he he is seeing this happen before his very eyes. He he wants to be on that train, so to speak. But we know that Kyle Shanahan thinks that they had the best roster in football in 2019. He thinks they should have won the Super Bowl. We we also know that you know if he's built this team the way that it looks right now, he said before that part of the reason he didn't want to keep a quarterback like Kaepernick on the roster with another straight pocket passer was because you kind of have to change the offense entirely to fit that other quarterback style. So he spent a couple of years building this team around what someone like Jimmy Garoppolo can do well. And, and if he thinks that Mac Jones is basically Jimmy Garoppolo, but with the ability to stay on the field, 
and that's Jimmy Garoppolo's biggest deficiency. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. And when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he takes on the Super Bowls. Then I think like that, that gets you to a place where you're like, yeah, well then of course you need another Jimmy Garoppolo. You just need one to stay on the field. And maybe now you've got a Jimmy Garoppolo who's maybe actually a bit more accurate and can throw a deep ball. This is exactly what I want. I'm not saying that that's, you know, that's not like sourced reporting. I don't have any insight. That's just like, that's if I tug on that comment and tug on that thread far enough, it leads me to Mac Jones. Yeah. I I mean, I think the, I don't know. Like I, I, I think in a way going to Jimmy, you know, not being able to stay on the field is a, is an easy way for them to say, this is why we're moving on without focusing on Jimmy's play. Right. Like, you don't expect like Kyle to go out there and, and, and be like, yeah, you know what? He couldn't throw the fucking ball accurately. Like I, I wanted him to throw it here and he kept fucking missing. His coffee and, cup told me though, his coffee yeah. cup was telling me exactly that. And, and so he's just not going to go out there and, and trash the guy's play. Right. He's kind of like Jimmy by missing as many games as he's missed, like has kind of given them that out to where we can be like, look, we love Jimmy. We, we love what he's done for us on the field, but he's just not on the field very much. Right. You can kind of, deflect that question a little bit um even if you know what he's giving you on the field isn't really what you would you would hope and expect from a guy that you know was given given the sort of contract that he was given so i i I think that like yeah i mean um i i get your point and like look at this point i'm i'm uh really doing everything i can not to just like accept that that it's going to be mac jones and and that's where it's at like i'm trying to hold out uh, you know, a little bit of hope for Thursday and see what happens. But um, yeah, I, it, it's just like, it's, it's tough. It it does leave you feeling everything that they kind of did and, and said in this press conference, like uh, kind of left you feeling like that's the, the one that, that he wants, you know? I don't know if this is me emotionally girding myself. I've talked about how I do this sometimes on the pod before where I'll just like almost accept the worst in my mind already so that if it happens I'm not like shocked or bothered by it I'm just kind of like analytical and cold about it I'm trying to just dampen my emotions here really you're, you're watching me work through it but for <laughs> me this this is more if the Niners pick Mac Jones to me it's more like staring at an oddity more so than getting super mad because I think the the prevailing narrative at this point with Mac Jones because Mac Jones makes it so easy to do this with his squishy doughy body is is to is to think that Mac Jones is a terrible prospect as a quarterback and like doesn't deserve to be in the same conversation as some of these other players and I don't know if that's entirely true. He does things well. I think the reason that a lot of people would get effectively sad or, or upset about this is because of the opportunity cost that you really give up when you pick someone like Mac Jones when someone like Fields or even Lance because of his traits is on the table. And so it really isn't that that Jones is a bad quarterback necessarily or in a vacuum. It's really just that when compared to someone like Fields, who can do a lot of what uh, Jones can do, just has all these other things that he can do as well. I think that's really where it gets like, okay, that that's where I think that the the decision for me gets a little curious. But I also understand that th- this is an inexact science. And we we have a process. We've been very clear with you, the listener, about our process that's part of the reason this podcast exists. So you can kind of see how it is that we get to places and help explain why we think things are happening. But to sit here and say with confidence that Mac Jones is going to be a failure or Trey Lance is going to be a success or Justin Fields is going to be this, that, and the other, I think a lot of GMs have done that and there's a lot of GMs that are out of work. 
And and I think that there's there's you know there's there's no way to know for sure what's going to happen and, until you get to you know two three years down the line. So for me, if he were to get picked, that's why I say to me to be like an oddity. It'd be like okay, it tells me a lot about what Shanahan wants. It tells me a lot about how Shanahan views the game. Now let's see if Shanahan's right. Yeah, I I mean I think um, it it very much is like. Oh God. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's just tough. I think thinking about, um, the way that, that they seem to approach these sort of decisions, right. And, and the way that they do seem to kind of zero in on guys and, and give up, um, you know, kind of whatever it takes. Cause I, I think it does matter. Like you mentioned the opportunity cost, what it takes to go up and get a guy when you're moving up to three and you're giving up multiple first round picks and, and you're kind of, in a lot of ways, mortgaging your future, you're you're hoping to get a quarterback that can lift up the guys around you, right? Because you're 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 making the conscious decision to get rid of these other assets, right? These are these first round picks are other players that we could have that can support whatever quarterback that we have on the roster, right? And if you have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or or any one of the many quarterbacks in the NFL that are in that wide middle group of we need a good situation, right? We need a, a talented team around us because we're not good enough to be able to lift the team up to an elite level just with our our talent alone, right? Which is is the wide majority of of quarterbacks in the NFL. You have one of those guys, those future firsts are valuable. And and so when you go up and you get rid of those and and you're looking at a number three pick and you're taking a guy that looks like he is probably going to be one of those guys, right? And it's and again, it's not that, like you said, like, it's not that he's a bad player or a prospect or anything like that. Like he belongs to be in the first round conversation. Um, he's not a, a bad player, but I just think when you look at it, what the likely outcomes for his career are, right? I think the most likely thing based on what his college tape has been is that he's one of those middle of the pack guys that can be good, or can be bad depending on the situation around him. And and when at that point, when you've now given up those other first round picks, those are 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 assets that you're missing that can't help elevate that player. Right. Like and, and so it just it doesn't feel like as much of a net win because you don't have that same sort of upside. And like, yeah, you can say that that maybe he's gonna be Drew Brees or Tom Brady, but it's like, fuck, if that's what you're banking on. It, it just it seems like a, a a big ask we look we don't need first round picks we don't need uh solomon thomas we don't need reuben foster <laughs> we don't need javon kinlaw just what load first, me up with round them fifth round is what i'm saying give me all of the fifth rounders give me the george kittles of the world i'll take dj reed back hit me with that fifth round love i'll take i'll take trent taylor and his little brittle bones for a half a season I don't need no first round pick. Get out of here. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Other odds and ends from the press conference that I thought were just interesting and hilarious. Number one, Kyle Shanahan seems to think that uh, American football is the most popular sport in the world. 
And what's funny is you can see you saw him say it out loud. He's like, it's why we have the most popular sport in the in the world. Well, maybe our country. Like it's just like bro. Good catch. Good good catch there. Because yes, this football, not your football. Uh but Shanahan uh, or Lynch tried to help him out. He was like, he called it a football club. I'm like, all right, look, if we can just normalize language across footballs, that would be great. <laughs> and get or highly confusing, one of the two. And and for anyone who we have strong base of listeners in uh, in Europe, if anyone comes at me with this whole soccer football thing, you know what? They called it soccer in in England until like the 70s because it was association football. Get out of here with this elitist bullshit. Let's all just watch Chelsea win some football games. It's going to be fun. Trust me. Uh, which, by the way, I've been told repeatedly, David, that it is not the Tottenham Hotspurs, but rather it is Tottenham Hotspur or the Spurs. And I would like to just apologize to anyone that I may have offended by misstating or mispronouncing the name of a team that hasn't won anything of consequence in like, I don't know, the past 10 or 12 years. So what I would say is, Maybe I would know your name if it was ever mentioned in a thing that was consequential enough for me to have heard it. Be good enough for me to care. That's really what we're, <laughs> we're getting at here. <laughs> I also want to know, like, there, there is a strong undercurrent of, like, children's sports that Shanahan is around that I am not looking forward to. I went to a friend's, uh, a friend's daughter's soccer game on Sunday. And it was exactly how I would expect a kid's soccer game to go. It was breezy, you know? There's like camp chairs. There's I, my, my, my shade game. I'm already like, all right, I got to get like these half circle shade things that these parents have. I'm like, I came with like a blanket with, that was padded on the bottom. And I thought I was bringing like some heat. Hell no. <laughs> I'm looking at like half dome shades. I'm talking about like camp swings. There was someone with like a giant pad that people were doing back handsprings on. I don't know where these people get this shit. Wow. But... Shanahan clearly is in a whole different level when it comes to kids' sports. We found out in this press conference that his kids' flag football team goes no huddle. They hold <laughs> up cards and go no huddle for flag Love football. Love it. That is a level of dedication that is just like, holy shit. I, I can't do it. The other is that the referees are coming up to Shanahan and giving him their strong opinions on who the Niners should draft at quarterback and I just want to have, for once in my life, the absolute big balls to walk up to a professional NFL football coach and say, yo, draft this guy. Trust me, I know. Come on, man. If, if Coach Eric Taylor is getting it from, from every end about who he's going to start a quarterback and decisions he's going to make, uh, you know, come on. When, when guys like Shanahan go to these fucking youth events, you know that they're getting it. Everybody, all the parents have opinions. Everybody's like, Hey, you know, fuck Mac Jones. Um, we really like that Justin Fields guy though. Make sure you get him. Like, you know, everybody's trying to get their opinion in. Absolutely. That wasn't surprising at all. Um, but it was still very funny to hear. Man, that is, yeah. I just I don't understand that. That one, that one's a little beyond me. I just maybe it's just, you know, little, little, little preview into me. I just I <laughs> know. I'm like, hey, how are you? Have a good one. I'm sure <laughs> you're tired of people bugging you. You enjoy your dinner. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's my approach as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it, but like, look. Let's let's not pretend like a lot of people are like you and me, I think, in that area. Great googly moogly. Uh, anything else from the press conference that you thought was of note or that you wanted to bring up? Um, 
John Lynch's face um, <laughs> when when asked about in general. Uh, yeah, I mean in general, but then specifically when asked um, why the fan base shouldn't be pissed off about taking Mac Jones uh, was was pretty great. Um, but no, I, I I think yeah we we pretty much covered the highlights. I mean again, um, I don't know that we necessarily learned a ton from it. Um, it was a lot of them you know, giving some long winded answers that didn't really say it was, it was a lot more, I feel like traditional, like coach GM speak bullshit that, that just says a lot without saying anything than, um, you know, I think they, they have in some of their press conferences, right. Where they, they seem to be really transparent and open about what's going on and why they're making decisions or, or whatever else. Um, it wasn't one of those, which is understandable considering, you know, they're not trying to, to give this away right now, but, yeah. Um, and I still yeah, don't I think, think that anyone knows for sure. I don't know yeah. that anyone knows for sure. And I I think that if there's I, I often think as to whether or not the team isn't leak testing when it comes to some of this stuff, they give a different story to a couple different people. They tell one guy that, you know, oh, it's really down to Lance and Jones. They tell another guy that it's fields. They tell another guy that, you know, oh, they don't know yet. But here's, you know, the, the what they're thinking is. And then they see what leaks to who. And, and that then tells them where that leak may or may be, um, if for no other reason than to just know, you know, whose sources are what. And so in the future, when things leak out, you know, they know what's going on. Because um, I, I don't think anyone, if you see any inconspicuous firings from the 49ers in the next week or two, <laughs> you, you know, they were definitely leak testing. But, but yeah, but if not, we'll, we'll see. I still don't think anyone knows. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Until that's the it's the one thing giving me hope is how many times we've been surprised by you know something that they've done um, that we just didn't have any heads up about, including this trade, right? I mean, I, I think it was like uh, you know with with the trade, nobody really there there were no leaks prior to it, just the news actually happening, right? I think it was a uh, people maybe um, projected a little bit and, and kind of thought that like, Oh, the 49ers are a team that could because obviously Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been on the field and hasn't always played super well. So it, it made sense when you just kind of look at the, the landscape of the league that they could be a team that moved up, but it wasn't like they were any definitive leaks um, leading up to that, you know, before it happened. And, that, and that's kind of been the case um, with a bunch of things, the Buckner trade, I mean, uh, previous first round picks, like all this sort of stuff, right? Like, uh, that we just didn't have get wind of until it happened. And so that's the, the one thing that I'm kind of holding out hope for, um, that they won't, you know, fuck this up, but we'll see you on Thursday. Yeah. Well, look, all I'm saying again, David, I'm going to try to lift you up. We don't know if they fucked it up yet. We think they fucked it up. If, yeah, sure. If whatever. indeed they did. If indeed whatever. they Don't go give me this wait three years bullshit here. <laughs> oh, I'm here for the hot takes right fucking now. Okay. Based on what I know right now, this is how I'm feeling. You're just what like, you, you are basically like Kyle Shanahan. You can only think five words in front of you. And if a guy's question is longer than seven seconds, you have completely forgotten the beginning like, look, of the question. Like, what the fuck did you just say? Uh, two seconds ago with your first question i don't know get out of here i have a condition <laughs> i can't remember like the guy in memento it's great uh <laughs> well that does it for this week's edition of the better rivals podcast we've got more content for you throughout this week if you want to get uh some videos under your belt definitely check out our patreon we've got all the scouting reports for the quarterbacks we may even go do uh, a little db one actually as soon as we hit stop on this podcast uh, so check out checks out on the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash better rivals. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at better rivals. Thanks again for tuning in. 
as always, go Niners. Go Niners.